0: Welcome into another edition of Locked On Nationals. I'm your host, Ryan Clare. You can follow me over at Twitter, at RyanClary11. And you can also follow the Twitter for Locked On Nationals as well, at LO underscore Nationals. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Well, DC fans, I'm going to assume that you're a Commanders fan also, and you saw that Dan Snyder news. There's been a lot of ownership news here in D.C. lately. Let's just cut to the chase. There's been a lot of it. The learners are going to be selling. Now Dan Snyder and the Commanders look to be selling the team as well. And a lot of people have been asking, is that going to affect the learners selling the Washington Nationals? And if so, how would it affect the Washington Nationals? I'm going to answer all of that for you today. But I also want to get into some minor league prospects with your Washington Nationals, as that is something to be excited about for this team. So I'm to get into all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. And let's just get right into it. There was a lot of ownership news here in Washington, D.C. over the last few days. And for those who are Commanders fans, you know the drill. Dan Snyder is officially, or not, I mean, he's officially trying to sell the team, which is major. But then also there's been a lot of questions with, Well, if there's another D.C. sports team, which is, A, more valuable, and, B, the NFL just makes more money than the MLB. That's just what it is. It's cut to the chase. And so it brings up a good question. How will this affect the Nationals' ownership moving forward? Will Ted Leonsis drop out of the race? Will David Rubenstein drop out of the race? Or maybe will they try to attempt to go buy the commanders? And really the question or the answer to that is, I don't know, because this is kind of rare when you have two sports teams at the same time trying to sell their franchise. This is something I've never seen before in my 15 years of being a diehard sports fan. I've never seen this. And then also, not even to mention, Chelsea Janes, Barrys Ferluga, and Ben Strauss from the Washington Post. And also, I have to give credit to TalkNats as well, because he had this about a month or so ago. But the MLB is getting involved in the Masson debate to help facilitate the sale of the Washington Nationals. And as we know, this and debacle has really tied up the Nationals in recent years. Because as The Athletic reported, they only get 33% of the profit as they should be. And that's why why that is, is because the Orioles and the, the Angelos, the owners of the Baltimore Orioles, they also own the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. And so when they made the deal for the Washington Nationals to take over here in D.C., they cut that deal with the MLB to where they're going to be getting more, way more profit than a much bigger market with the Washington Nationals. And why that is? Well, it, it's because I don't blame them for the reason. They don't want money going away. They They had Washington, D.C., and Baltimore. So the Orioles were a big market team. They had two pretty decent-sized markets, Washington, D.C. being a top-10 market, and then Baltimore, I guess, being a smaller market. Then they had two cities to feed off of. It's a lot of money. You grew up, You, if you're listening now, if you're my age, around 22 years old, 23, your parents grew up Orioles fans. That's what they were here, because that was the team. Unless if you're going way back to the Senators, or maybe you weren't even maybe you're a Yankees fan. I have plenty of friends who are Yankees fans, and so what does this mean moving forward with it, especially with this Masson deal going on right now? This is an issue. The Masson deal right now with the Washington Nationals really hinders what they can do with the ownership situation. It's something to where. They're losing millions and millions of dollars annually. This is an ongoing issue that has been happening for a while. And if you've been following the Nationals for over a decade, you've known that this is an issue. And just quite frankly, the network just isn't getting it done. They've never been out front on anything. They finally changed their scoreboard graphics for the in-game broadcast, and it still looks like you're stuck in 2012. They have the same little score bug at the bottom of the screen since the day they got here. They never changed it. It was kind of lazy. I love the people who work for the network. I mean, They have some great talent over there. Bob Carpenter, absolute legend. FP Santangelo back in the day, he was great. Kevin Franson, great. Mark Zuckerman, who covers the team, awesome. So I don't really want to bash the Masson network. But then again, also, as a fan... I know how much this holds us back, how much money we lose annually, and that's just the frustrating part of it, because as Chelsea, Berries for Luga, and as well as Ben Strauss that they all mentioned in this article that they dropped yesterday, it's a big issue, and it is going to affect the sale of the Washington Nationals. And to really tie in the Commanders and Dan Snyder selling the team on top of, everything you have to deal with, with the commanders and all the drama around them, that's all surrounding Dan Snyder. None of that, all that drama, that dark cloud over that franchise is all because of Dan Snyder. The dark cloud that covers the Washington Nationals is this Masson deal in the Angelos family. Because quite frankly, why would the Angelos family want to give that up? They're They're making money off us. A lot more money. And if they were to lose that, they're already a smaller market. They're going to be losing some dough. So then again, will this affect the the sale? I think it will. Now, does that say that Ted Leonsis will be in the running to buy the Commanders? Probably not. I don't think so. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was going to go in and put the money that he was going to put in with the Nationals and go in with another owner and buy the Commanders. That wouldn't surprise me. Because, one, the NFL is a cash cow. It just—it It is what it is. We all know that by now. And so that's a little frustrating, I will say. And especially as I'm a D.C. sports fan through and through, I want to see Ted Lerner sell. I want to see Dan Snyder sell especially. And so this is going to affect the team and the sale, which is pretty unfortunate. Because I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to see who's going to be taking the reins as the Nationals owner. And especially with Ted Leonsis buying NBC Sports Washington, now him buying that doesn't really mean anything because they still have to get through all the courts, all the process that you're going to have to go through as a new owner. And it's not going to be any different than the Learners dealing with the Angelo's family and the Massan network. That's just—it's not going to be any different, unfortunately. That's why the MLB has stepped in. Because they recognize the issue and they recognize that this hinders the sale of the Washington Nationals. And it does play a role into who would want to buy the team. Because other than that, Nationals Park is a beautiful stadium. It's in a primo location. You're in district, you're right down the street from the Capitol and the National Mall. The Navy Yard area has blown up. There's a lot of things to like about that. And obviously the team in the last decade, and the fans especially, they've shown out. People buy tickets still. They still go to the games, even when we stink. And so this is something to where the mass is really just hindering and holding this little dog treat over our head right now. And that's the frustrating part because it's just holding the team back in the franchise. It is. And the fact that the MLB is stepping in with this and they acknowledge that this is an issue as to why the learners, one, aren't making the money that they should, and two, it's going to affect the sale. And the new owner will want to step in and they're going to want to get this fixed. So I'm glad the MLB is stepping in and there seems like they're going to put their best foot forward into potentially trying to solve this issue once for and for all. And if Ted Leonsis is the owner of the team and they do get this Masson situation under control, and they're able to switch networks eventually, sounds like it's going to be an easy switch over to NBC Sports Washington and the monumental sports entertainment group. So that's exciting. But then again, Dan Snyder selling the team is going to be a big hassle for us moving forward. And will it affect us? At the end of the day, I think it will, unfortunately. And that's unfortunate because I want to see both teams sell. Who doesn't? If you're a D.C. fan, you want to see both teams sell. You're kind of tired of the learners already. You just want to see some new faces and new positions and have a fresh start, which I get. I get it. But I'm going to get into more of the Nationals prospects after this as to really what's more exciting to talk about than the Nationals farm system right now. That's something that I just get giddy about just thinking. You suck for this reason. Let's just put it. I'm going to rip the bandaid off. You suck for this reason. To see all the talent that you're going to gather in the minor league system and develop under your own shield, really. And that's something I just get excited about. And so I want to talk about that and really kind of highlight some of the key pieces in this minor league system that we have that is really, really going to be starting to blossom over the next year or two, especially after the 2023 draft. But first, I'm going to tell you about my friends over at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with, with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked on nationals, listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe Home Security System for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and packages theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. I have, I work in Washington, D.C., so I'm obviously away from home most of the time. As you see here, I'm recording here today if you're watching on YouTube. And so when I'm there, the other day we had a car break in DC or right outside my house. Simply Safe alerted me. They alerted me right away, my stuff was okay, my packages were not touched, and that is always a securing feeling and I want you to feel that same way. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring used Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture Critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLV. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, now let's get into the Washington Nationals prospects. There's a lot to be excited about for you because this is the future of our team. This is what you're looking forward to right now. Obviously, you're going to be watching the Nationals more so than everyone. I'm not expecting you to watch the Harrisburg Senators on a 120-game pace each year. I'm not expecting that. But I think you should keep your eye out for a lot of these guys. The Nationals, the last three years, really, they stink to build up their farm system. Let's just call it as it is. The reason why people like myself root for us to tank is so you build up the farm system to where one day these guys are going to come up and make a difference in the major leagues and help you win that championship that you won in 2019. Think about it. Bryce Harper, first overall pick. Steven Strasburg, first overall pick. Jason Wirth, you spent on him. Anthony Rendon, top 10 pick. Trey Turner, first-round pick, traded for from the Padres. Look at the roster that we built around. Jordan Zimmerman, Ryan Zimmerman. Juan Soto, an international signee. Victor Robles. Those guys like that. Gio Gonzalez, you make a trade for him. Acquire, this, this is why you stink, to acquire guys like that. And to open up the possibilities of what could be. You never know what door you're kicking down, especially later in the rounds. There's guys that you can find later in the draft. It's not out of the ordinary to draft a star in round five of the draft, round 10 even. And I know I point this out a lot, but a team that does this tremendously is the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Atlanta Braves. Those are two teams that have done it well, and they continue to do it well. Like just looking at from the top right here, the Los Angeles Dodgers, this is a team that people say, like, yeah, well, they spend all their money. And when you can spend that type of money, that's why you're as good as they are, which is true. They do spend money, but then they also draft well. They draft tremendously well. I look at it this way. If you would like, just take a look at their top five prospects. This is a team that gets it done in the draft. They don't miss. They always draft later in the rounds from the 25th pick down to the 30th if they won the World Series. That's where they're at every year. But it doesn't hinder anything. They still have guys that make a difference at the major league level no matter where they draft. And so that's why it's important. And then also a question that you would raise if you're not a tanking person, if, you don't, if you're not into that, which I get, there's an argument to be made for it, like the Dodgers. I ask you this. Is it easier to pick at 25th and to be able to pick that guy, a top 25 player in that first round, or is it easier to be able to narrow it down to five guys in the top five of the draft? I go with top five. That's pretty easy. You got you're getting a top five talent in that draft class and you're gonna be able to look at all the different options and really pick for your own you' you're, you're gonna have four, if you have the fifth pick let's just say you have four guys that go ahead of you and then you're gonna have that fifth overall pick right there you have five guys you have to narrow that down to that pick who do you want who's on your big board and that's really why tanking in my opinion is a big deal for this team It's a big deal in baseball. It's a big deal in sports. That's why I'm big on tanking and big on building up the farm system. Because that's something that the Nationals have been doing. And we had a terrible farm system after 2019. A terrible one. And I can tell you that right now. We don't have that anymore. Because I'm looking at... Here, if you're following along with me, you can check out MLB Pipeline right now, and I can show you this and what I'm really looking at. I look at a guy, our 22nd overall prospect, Jared McKenzie. He was a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft. He went up to Fredericksburg, and he raked. He raked. He had a 400 batting average, a 425 OBP, with a 614 slugging percentage that got him a 1039 OPS. It was only in 17 games. It was a small sample size. But still, your 22nd overall prospect hitting like that. And he was a good hitter in college. This was someone who struggled his last year at Baylor. But really, he was always well thought of at the plate. So the Nationals took a chance on him in the fifth round. And so far, it's starting to look like we're getting that bargain. You look at T.J. White. The other day, I was talking about bargain shopping for prospects. You want to get guys later in rounds and make a difference that way. TJ White is one of those guys, and he fills out that kind of resume that I want. He's a young 19 year old, raw talent, fifth round pick in 2021, and it's paid off for him. In 107 games as a minor league player, he has a 262 batting average, a 353 on base percentage, with a 448 slugging percentage, with an 801 on base plus slugging. Now, that's not, well, no. I was going to say, well, that's not lighting it up. But really, for a 19-year-old in a fifth-round pick, that is. because he's someone to, if you look at the analytics and if you really do a deep dive on it for his exit velocity, he hammers the ball. He hits the ball hard. I saw him down in Fredericksburg this year, and he's wildly impressive. He's big. He's fast. He's athletic. Is he a big contact guy? Not really, but he has the power to do it. You haven't really been able to see it too much this year as he only hit 11 home runs in 2022 in 92 games. And he had 329 at-bats. And again, this is a 19-year-old who's still maturing at the minor league level. And he has plenty of time. There's no pressure on someone like TJ White to develop moving forward. Then I look down to a guy like... I look down to even Brenner Cox from this year. Again, another 2022 fourth-round pick, the number 21 overall prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. A 286 batting average, a 766 on on-base plus slugging. Again, small sample size in 10 games. But that's something to be excited about. It's something to where you can look forward to. You're going to be able to watch his growth from a young age moving forward. I look at other guys, like Jeremy De La Rosa, He's kind of bursting onto the scene over the last season. He really hammered the ball down in Fredericksburg this year before being promoted quickly up to Wilmington. He batted 315 down in Fredericksburg with a 899 OPS in 69 games. He had 10 home runs, 57 RBIs, 36 walks, and 26 stolen bags as well. And again, only 69 games. A 21-year-old with filled with talent he's our 10 prospect right now a 20 year old someone who we didn't really have high expectations for he wasn't really a marquee prospect for this group they can say what they want but they weren't really bargaining on him to be one of the guys to be a marquee prospect in this organization but he's starting to look that way he truly is and then quickly i'll look at it this way christian vaquero you know him You've probably heard of him. He's one of the Nats' prize prospects this year. In 56 games down in the DSL, he batted .256, 720 OPS. He had one home run, 22 RBIs, 33 walks, 38 strikeouts, and 17 stolen bags. And again, only 55 games. He's someone who they really believe could be one of the better prospects in this organization. But in my mind, I am eyes on three guys that I think will be beasts in this org. And I'm going to get into that right after this. But thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. So as I was saying, what I am excited about, with this Nationals team. I'm just going to be honest. James Wood, right now, I think even heading into 2023, he is someone that could be a top five prospect in baseball. He is a five-tool talent. He can run the bases. He can field. He can play a good center field, play any of the corners in the outfield. He's going to hit for average. That was something they didn't expect for him to do. But so far, through his first two seasons as a 20-year-old in the minor leagues, that's what he's done. He's batting 326 in 102 games so far through his first two seasons. He has a 966 OPS, a 536 slugging percentage. He hits bombs. He gets on base, and he causes chaos out there. He has 30 stolen bags as well, and again, only 102 games. In the minor leagues. Truly someone that can do it all. He's still developing. You're not going to be able to see him in the majors for another two years at least. But again, something to be excited about. Also, Elijah Green, the fifth overall pick in this year's draft. A lot of people said he had the highest ceiling in the 2022 draft. And you started to see that down in the rookie league in Florida. He batted 302. With a 4.04 on-base percentage. With a 9.39 on-base plus. Selling. Small sample size. Again, I get it. But the talent shows. You see that ceiling. And that's the market that the Nationals have to be in. Go for the high ceiling, guys. Take a risk. Trust in your development staff. Trust in your Major League Development Department. If you feel that you have the pieces in place to get the Nationals to their next level, championship team, then you should have all the faith in the world to take a high-ceiling guy like Elijah Green. You should be able to trade for someone like James Wood and be all right with that. And then a third one, I'm gonna I would say Robert Hassel the third, but I'm gonna go a little outside the box. And I'm gonna say Yarlan Susanna. Again, I think those San Diego Padres guys that we got back in return are really The three best prospects that we have right now: Robert Hassel, James Wood, and Yarlan Susanna. And the reason why I say that, it's hard to just ignore that an 18-year-old who's six foot seven and or six foot six, that's what he's listed as, in 240 pounds, and he throws 103 mile per hour fastball. It's hard to just ignore that. Like, how how do you just look by that? I was saying this the other day. Do you remember 10 years ago when we drafted Steven Strasburg and everyone was freaking out because he could throw or he could touch 100 miles per hour? And he was throwing it pretty consistently. I get that too. But this is an 18 year old kid who's throwing 103 miles per hour. So if you're getting excited about Steven Strasburg, get excited about this guy, Yarlin Susanna. He's not the prospect as Strasburg was, but I can tell you this this could turn out to be one of the better prospects in Major League Baseball if he stays healthy and if he stays on the course that he's been through 2022. Because I look at the kid and what he can do, and it's just – he has devastating stuff, I'll say it. And those are three guys that I am incredibly excited about for this team moving forward, and I think you should be too. Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the day, everybody. Enjoy some World Series action. Let's go Astros. I'll never root for the Phillies. If you root for the Phillies, shame on you. Have a good day, everybody.